Welcome to Keepers. We're a married couple who went to France for the 2019 World Cup. We fell in love with soccer. So when the pandemic hit, we naturally started a fantasy league for the NWSL. This is our podcast. I'm Holly Wild with an E. Follow me at Wild Holly. And I'm Jared Gilkerson. Find me at Jared underscore radio and follow us at Keepers Podcast. Great job. So as you could tell, uh, this was another live intro. The thing is, is you can't just like you. I'm going to have a sip of my drink. I got got distracted by Hector. I had forgot that we were starting. Welcome to Keepers. <sighs> Hector's our 18-pound cat. We are supposedly two experts in fantasy women's soccer, specifically the NWSL. Welcome to the show. Hopefully um, your team has uh, fared slightly better than my team this past week. Congrats, Holly. Yay! Oh, that's right. Oh, I get screaming fans. Oh, I love it. Isn't that fun? Yeah. I love it. It's in, great. In the narrowest of margins, Holly gets that W. Beat me last week, seventy-seven to seventy-six, I believe. Woot! And that was just—I was flabbergasted. It's flabbergasted by how she beat me. Mm-hmm. I did not expect that. I thought I pulled it out. I think we both mm-hmm. kind of thought going in that I had it. Mm-mm. No, I you thought didn't? there was a chance. Really? Yeah. Good work. Thank you. So, if you look at the standings for our league of record. It's a pretty tight one. Um, wait a minute. It did not update. I've lost twice. This is fun. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, this is good to have live on the air. Oh, it didn't pull our stats <laughs> in from week six. Why not? Anyway, we're all either within a game of each other. So that's pretty cool. I love doing this. I love figuring out mistakes with our own standings page in the middle of the show. Like this is no, it's updated. Week five. That was our last. Says I'm four and one. I've definitely lost twice this year. So, um, we'll figure that out. (laughs) Oh my god! Somehow you deleted eleven of my points. That's Uh, why. Is everyone listening to this live on the show? Did you hear? Somehow you deleted. My points. Okay, I had 79 <laughs> points and you had 78 when yeah. I finished with the spreadsheet and you were messing with it today. Oh, okay. so. Casey Murphy is just completely wiped out of the list. She has nothing on your week five uh, total. Well, that's why. Yeah. So. Okay, um, thanks for that. Well, I'll blame Hector for that. All right. He probably stepped on the... You, you, that's actually could have happened. <laughs> he could have stepped on my keyboard because he's done that a thousand times, especially for work. He stepped on my keyboard and you know what button was really... Uh, he was addicted to this past week, the D button. He put his head on the, when I was sending an email and all of a sudden I just see D across the whole screen. I'm like, buddy, why do you have to sleep on my goddamn computer? But he's just so, he's so cute. I have to, I have to leave him on there. Hmm. Mm. Why am I getting stare downs? Good story. Wow. News <laughs> <laughs> time. Uh, let me actually bring up the rundown here. So, uh, obviously, women's national team announced. Holly, yes. I'm flying through it. Woo-woo. We've got French and Nair in goal. Dahlkemper, right. Davidson, Dunn, O'Hara, Sauerbrunn, Sonnet for defense. We've got Ertz, Haran, Lavelle, Mewis of the Christie variety, and Mewis of the Samantha variety at midfield. And Heath, Lloyd, Morgan, Press, Rapino. As your forwards, and I don't have the uh, subs right in front of me. Do you have the subs in front of you? Yeah, no, Campbell okay, in goal, Casey Kruger in defense, Macario in midfield, and Lynn Williams as forward. Sweet. So what are your thoughts of this? I'm super excited. I can't wait to see this team play, and I'm so happy. Congratulations, Christy Mewis. She's the only person um, nice. to make the squad that wasn't on the World Cup team, and she worked hard for it, and she, she proved her value and... Go, Christy. That's so awesome. We were rooting for you. The other big surprise for me is the only pick that I got wrong. I said that Midge Purse was going to go as an alternate, and Vlatko picked Casey Kruger instead. So that one was a surprise to me just because she wasn't uh, called in for the last couple rounds of friendlies. But I don't know. Thoughts? Isn't it funny how we kind of forget? Like, okay, well, great job predicting because I think you did slightly better than I did because I thought he had a 
It's kind I of the theme used, of the week. I was gonna, huh. Ha. <sighs> Just angry. Just angry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, I, was, I thought I had a cool sound drop for that. Yeah, you totally didn't. didn't. No, didn't. no, nothing. So, uh, Zero. Here we go. So thank you, Megan. Um, I... It's funny how we all like, you know, how long Tobin's been off the team, you know, mm -hmm. with injuries and how long Ertz, you know, kind of been injured now for a month. And it's like, oh, yeah, they'll be there. It's it's cool. But with Kruger, we kind of forgot how good she was. And we kind of just forgot that, like, you know, we just, you know, we thought that what I'm trying to get to is that some players it doesn't matter how long you're away. Just because you don't get a call back for a certain friendly doesn't mean we should just completely forget about you. And we did. Like we completely forgot about her, but I think there, he did something about her fitness or something with, and that's why he didn't put her on the summer series. You know, I don't know what was going on, but like that is confusing. Why not? Why, why does someone not get to go to the summer series? But you're thinking that she's, she's going to be on the roster. Like, but she wasn't a shoe in. No, she was on, she was a fringe person, but like she hasn't played with the team for a while. But it's like, oh, she's in. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that comes down to. I gotta, I gotta watch some of his pressers he had on this, but just like you, I'm really psyched for Christy Mewis because you and I, you know, during the pandemic last year with all the fans, we got to watch her and she's been good for a while, but like she had that small stint years ago on the national team and then had this huge break. But then with Houston blowing up, you know, with her and daily, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, show me what you got. And then it was like the one player who came out and like you saw her like earn that spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She had a chance and she went for it. I wasn't expecting a big turnover though. Were you like, I think I've heard some commentators in the sport wonder, you know, like, Oh, they're going to start going to the next generation. Like, but usually the Olympic well, yes, roster I mean, is that's what's building. That's why people have gotten invited to camp and get, yeah. getting built up. But you're not, you're not, why would you blow it up? You're not going to blow up the number one team in the world right before the Olympics, maybe afterward as you're building towards the next world cup. Right. I, but I, not now. I hate that too, but that's just me with my like old school mentality. It's like, you don't blow it up until it's completely dead. But then I guess that's kind of a bad way. You know, I kind of look at it like normal sports where it's like every season. This is not a normal. This is like, hey, the next big thing is in a couple of years. So you have to always think about where's everyone going to be in two years, not just where you're going to be in four months. So um, I'm excited to see Tobin back on with this team. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, who do you think is going to be the starting three uh, forwards, like that first game against Sweden, if you had to predict? Oh, man. I think it's going to be... Rapino, Lloyd, and Press. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So no, not Morgan. Correct. I'm kind of leaning, even though I'm more of a Lloyd fan. I think Morgan gets that. You think she gets the nod? I think it's Press, Heath, Morgan, and I think maybe it's better for Lloyd because then it's if the team can't score, you bring Lloyd in in the second half, and I almost think Carly coming in, it's kind of better i don't know it's kind mm. of like that you know chip on her shoulder but i think that morgan gets the start but then they go to lloyd but maybe they just alternate for group stage so but i'm really excited so we get some friendlies against mexico at the beginning of july and then we move on so yay uh and then we uh get to watch some early morning games against sweden so we'll get there when we get there but maybe we'll do some live uh live instagramming is that what the kids call it live what do you call it instagram live instagram live yeah there <laughs> so you go maybe, We'll go on there. Oh boy. Um, speaking of uh, my millennial husband, press uh, elder millennial, mm -hmm. Kristen press, Tobin Heath, they're leaving man. U. yes. So after the season, they, they both put in a season there. They kind of ended differently with, you know, Heath being injured and, um, press finished out. But, um, so there's, it's in question because both of the rights belong to Louisville. So what do you think about, do you think they, what do you think about this whole situation? Like, obviously they're back, I think NWSL full time. Yeah, I but, think they're coming back to the NWSL after the Olympics. It's just a matter of contracts. Do you? What do you think the odds are? Like right now, if I were to say like odds, like is it like two to one odds? Is it even odds that they see the field for Louisville? Or are they like both are going to play the Olympics and then just sit out and then go to friend and like play some friendlies and then not play? Are they not going to play for Louisville and just get picked up, you know, San Diego and LA? Just wait to do that for expansion? I mean, what why would do? you do that? Why wouldn't you... Why wouldn't you play? Money, maybe. Like, maybe there's more allocate. Maybe someone has said, hey, LA and San Diego are going to have more. Maybe they have, it's kind of like monopoly money. So they're just not going to sign their contract with Louisville because they know that. I don't know. Just they not can, play. Yeah, that's I don't possible. know. That's I don't know. I hope possible. not. Yeah. I hope not. Because I think 
if you add them to Louisville, oh my God. One, fantasy value. Mm-hmm. Like what? There's going to be a fight to get those two players right away because right. Louisville's like on the cusp. You know what I mean? Like they're really competitive, but they just not quite there. But right. imagine they've And it makes there. everyone else on the team more valuable. Like it makes Beto's more valuable in goal. Yeah, McCaskill. Yeah. Like all these players are just up value. That's yeah. a good point. Like mm-hmm. all these players are like, because how many people in Louisville are, are picked up in our league? Like it was Kaiser for a while, mm-hmm. but not much else. Yeah. You know, goalie maybe. But Spados, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I can't wait. I hope they play this year. Um, so this is the big story. This is the one that caught everyone's attention. So uh, Washington Spirits, um, Kumi Yokoyama comes out as transgender. That was huge. I mean, awesome. gigantic. I mean, that headline was everywhere. Yes. Um, she posted a video, check it out on, um, on her, her YouTube channel. And, um, the Washington Spear, of course, came out and said, you know, we're, we support you. A lot of other athletes in the league and it, across sports were congratulating her. Uh, I mean, you know, what do you think about this announcement? What's your thoughts on this? I think it's great. I watched, uh, the, <laughs> the part of the video that had subtitles about seven minutes of it. And, you know, I just, um, I really like, I, I felt good about the fact that, that not that it's about me, but I felt good about the fact that they said that after, you know, living in Germany and the United States, that they felt more comfortable coming out. And because I thought, well, okay, the United States for, for what a sort of ideological mess we've been for the past several years, we're still a place that people feel that there's space for them them to express themselves and be their authentic selves. And that, that made me happy. And I, I liked their point of view about speaking out because, um, you know, using the, uh, sort of using a platform to, to start to normalize this or to, to do something, to be a role model for kids coming up or for other people. I, I just, I think it's, you know, it's really interesting to me. I, in my undergrad, I, I designed my own major Brown. It was gender, theater, and society. And, and the most, um, one of the most interesting and, and fulfilling classes that I had was a group independent study that was all about uh, transgender people. Group independent study is when students get together and they design their own class. And so we read a lot of um, you know, first person accounts and, and some interesting science and sociology around being transgender and you know that was 25 years ago almost and it's something that you know I was trying to explain this course to my parents I remember at the time and and you know or other people and and why it was so so fascinating and so cool and so interesting to me um and why I thought it was important and I was just kind of getting blank looks because it just wasn't in the lexicon at all and I think it's amazing to have watched from you know, from that point, at least for me to, you know, have become aware of the word because that, you know, it was a sort of something that I was looking for in terms of how do you, how do you talk about when you don't fit the binary, right? And, and watching that progress in pop culture and in society in America over the past 20 plus years. And I just think that it's really, um, It's just very satisfying to know that this is something that is mainstream enough that other people understand. Maybe if they don't understand what it is, but they're they're recognizing that that this is a thing that people talk about, and that this is something that you know exists and is around, and and we can use this vocabulary term and comes up in you know ESPN or just women's sports or that. So so for me, this is um, you know congratulations to Kumi Yokoyama for being your authentic self, and uh, I just. I'm I'm excited to see that more people are doing that. Well said, well said. I I think you you mentioned how like more people are being exposed now, 20 years later, and it's somehow sport became the like last, like uh, I guess door to open. I feel like you know it's been in the music lexicon. It's kind of been in Hollywood with movies and films and you know, uh, literature, it's kind of been around a little bit. But for some reason, sports has been the lever. But what do you mean? Well, I, I think that it started to get, I mean, I think that it gets more talked about uh, when famous athletes 
self-identify as transgender than in any other career. Well, I think that's, yeah, I think that's because it's rare still. Like it's the last hill to climb. You know, I think it's, you had people who were outwardly either gay or maybe even transgender in other parts of the world or in other professions. And, but you never saw anyone who was really outwardly out in sport. You know what I mean? For a while. And I feel like what you, to what you said about now it's, but it actually maybe like holds more, uh, it's like more clout or something when, when a, when an athlete says it, that's kind of why I think, because it's still so rare, but I think you're exposing these people who wouldn't be exposed to it and hopefully it doesn't lead to a negative path because I went on a Twitter rabbit hole and it was like, oh, don't read this, you know, when ESPN posted it. There was a lot of hate and there's still a lot of that out there. But I'm hoping as more and more people who usually aren't exposed to it that maybe aren't listening to music or aren't watching movies uh, where this is being discussed or in their kind of sport rabbit hole. But it's kind of it's kind of hard to be in your own little bubble you know what i mean when this is now within the top 10 stories on an espn app or it's out there so i'm hoping the negativity goes away and you know person a that's hanging out in the middle of kansas or i'm just naming a state like and they're just reading the news they come by it and they go oh like they're looking for nba scores and they come across this story and it's like oh and maybe they're more open to it now that's what i'm hoping so, and then she got a really a lot of positive feedback from, I love that how um, Yokoyama said it was really hard. Like, you know, it wasn't, she wasn't, or sorry, they weren't um, enthusiastic about it. And they added mm-hmm. that seeing Canada and O.L. Reign midfielder Quinn tell their story, it encouraged them. So, you know, you, we've seen it happen with the Raiders recently with Nassib coming out and saying he was gay and now we're seeing Yokoyama saying they were transgender. It's mm-hmm. like, I feel like, 2021, whoa. big pride month this, yeah. this year. And I feel like you're okay. And more and more people are going to be exposed to it. I, and I hope it's just going to become the norm, you know, something that's normal in society, society where you don't have to make these big announcements, but now you do, you mm-hmm. have to, you have to make an impact. Yeah. And congratulations to those athletes for being on the vanguard of that and creating space for everybody else to be a little bit more who they, they truly are. Yeah. More athletes that are speaking out to who they truly are. Um, Laurel Hubbard, weightlifter, Olympic weightlifter. Um, Earlier this week, the New Zealander became the first ever transgender athlete selected to compete in the Olympics. So big ups to Laurel. And after being included on the weightlifting team for New Zealand, some people, some high profile people have come out and spoken out about it, Holly. So what do we think here? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give the uh, I'm gonna give the mic back to you because I I know you wanna I I feel like yeah. all right I can do I, it I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I can do it I'm gonna go second this time I can do it yeah. um so Brett Favre yeah who I, you should talk that and, and I'll bring I'm it a out. football fan I grew up with this this guy and I love watching this guy play but Favre was a little critical. He's quoted as saying, it's a man competing as a woman first, like, you know, like, I don't know if the right pronouns, we'll have to see, I don't know if that's the right thing or not, but uh, he says, that's unfair. It's not fair for a man, even if this person wants to be a woman or feels compelled, if you want to become the opposite sex, that's fine, which just, I, I mean, I'll just finish this quote. I got no problem with it, but you can't compete against males, not uh, you can't compete against males cannot compete against females. This is th- if I was a true female, I can't believe I'm saying that. And I was competing in weightlifting and lost to this person. I would be beside myself. So great. Holly. Um, yes. Can I break that down? Yeah, just now? take the mic. There's a lot. There's like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot. Let me just break that down for a little that's bit. That's a lot. Yeah. So first of all, I'm going to proudly uh, play my Minnesota card and say that Brett Favre sucks because he played for the Packers forever. And I do realize that he played for the Vikings at the end of his career, but we're just not going to count that. So saying that males cannot compete against females is fundamentally sexist. And his whole thing about, well, they can live as, or I can call them whatever they want, but that's just, I mean, 
does the 2021 version of I'm not really a racist, but do, are, like, can we just recognize that? It's just, you know, um, I think, and it's, it's got to suck on, on so many extra levels because there's the issue here of trans bias. But I think that trans people are now just standing in as an ex, a, a new excuse for old sexism. So there's a kind of a double issue here because I think that when people like Brett Favre comment on this, it's just another way to be sexist. But then that also obscures the fact that we're just throwing a lot of hate on trans people. So, you know, there's a kind of an even, it's even more complicated issue here because sociologically in our American culture right now, I think this is playing out as, as bias against women just in a new disguise. And, and I can elaborate more on that after we talk about Ohio, oh. but also it's, it's, you know, it's hate against, it's, it's hate against trans people. So it's, it, um, I, I you know, I feel like it's, 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 okay. Laurel Hubbard, congratulations on living authentically. That's incredibly brave. Um, I think that's the story here. Yeah. The I story mean, is like not whether or not it's fair. The story is like, how much did it take in terms of mental toughness to be able to, to do this on a very public stage? Yeah. And I'm just breaking down a high profile athletes comments of her and that's, you know, made headlines. So that's what I'm doing and that's what we're doing. But I mean, yeah, big ups like, uh, you, you're the first, you're a trailblazer. So I just, I can't, I, I don't understand Brett back to Favre's comments. So I don't understand. Also who cares what I'll Brett be, Favre thinks? If, well, he's being interviewed on some, you know, podunk podcast or whatever, but I love the, if you want to become the opposite sex, that's fine. Oh, thanks Brett Favre. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how, when, why that's become, Oh, good. you know what I mean? I don't understand why that's become like the, Oh, now it's I fine. Have, I have permission. Thank you. I so got much. no problem with it. Like why I don't like associating those words. Like why are we associating pro I've got no problem. Like, yeah, you, when, then you clearly do. Yeah. You know, and then you can't compete against, you know, you know, and he goes, if I was a true female, I can't believe like, I and, can't believe I'm and, saying and there, this right because it would be so bad to think about yourself as a woman for a second. Like that would completely undermine your masculinity. Yeah, I, yeah. We'll get yeah. more into it with this Ohio thing, but I, there, there was just a nugget, and I'd like to know what your thoughts are. I know we're on the same story. We're, we're fantasy NWSL podcast. We're, we'll get to the numbers here in a minute. But last month, there's a there was a Belgian weightlifter. I'm not even gonna. I'll screw up the last name, but uh, who competed in the same category as Hubbard. And she spoke out, said, anyone that is trained in weightlifting at a high level knows this to be true in their bones. This particular situation is unfair to the sport and to the athletes, she said. Life-changing opportunities are missed for some athletes, medals and Olympic qualifications, and we are powerless. What is your response when you hear someone in the, is that just sour grapes? Or when you hear someone within the same sport say that, what's your, what's your response to someone who's outwardly against what's, what's happening in the, within the sport? You know, stop whining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just someone else better came along and just deal with it. You know, uh, that shit happens all the time in sports, yeah. whether it's, you know, whoever it is. So it's, it's not going to be endemic, you know, it's like a, your, your assumption that you're just like assuming. men are going to come and decide to transition MTF and compete as women so they can win more like yeah. belies your ignorance of the cost of that process. So it's a non-issue. Yeah. Well, let's get in deeper in the, in the weeds here. Ohio, my home state. Yay. And cut. Uh, passes bill to ban transgender athletes from participating in girls and women's sports. So this is a tricky one. So House Republicans passed a bill to, uh, to ban transgender athletes from participating in girls and women's sports, shoving the proposal into a bill to allow college students to profit their name, image, and likeness. So the bill passed 57 to 36. It's largely among party lines. The last minute change put the underlying goal to enact a law allowing Ohio athletes to profit off their fame by July 1st. That's all well and good. I support that. Like if you're in college and you want to sign autographs, you should get paid for it. Great. But later in the day, the Ohio Senate passed the original name, image, and likeness language as an amendment to another bill. So the other bill was 
to ban transgender girls and women from joining female teams in both high school and college. They would instead have to join a male, uh, the male teams or co-ed teams. So once again, Holly, we see this repetition of just assuming, assuming that if you have no. said you're male, that it's it's a it's a threat and all, you're better. All this is yes, all this is is old sexism, new face, and it enrages me on that level. Like I, I just, it's just not a problem. It, yeah, beyond it's, it's not a problem, but we're making it a problem so that we have a new way to be misogynistic yeah. and we have a new way to be sexist and to uphold the patriarchy. This is just a, a new way to tell everybody that women are less than men and we're disguising it by saying we're protecting yeah. our women yeah. by by excluding transgender women from sports competitions here and women are complicit in it. And it drives me nuts that, that Representative Gina Powell got up and spoke about this on, on the Ohio house floor. I, I, I just, I... <sighs> They're just kind of blind to it, I think, right? Like, they're just kind of blind to it. They're like, they actually think it's protecting. I really think they actually believe it. And they think that's not anything bad towards their daughters or anything. Like, they don't, they don't think, they actually going into it, they truly believe. I, I don't know. I'm staring at you speechless because I, I, <laughs> I that is totally possible, but I can't, I, can't, I just don't understand how anyone could think that. Like, I, mean, I just can't see how you can. It's not, it's just a dog whistle, Here's right? How, it's just not okay to disguise your sexism as being pro-female. I, I mean, that's the most insidious, like it's just new levels of low. It's the most insidious and obnoxious new level of, you know, saying that, that you know, women just fundamentally aren't at parity with men. It's dumb. So that. I just... I want to say right now. And also you can't, you can't be, you can't talk about anti-bullying out one side of your mouth and then pick on trans kids out the other side. Yeah. It's like, like do, just do, oh, yeah, go start your own league or something. I don't know. Like every person for themselves. Like, I just don't understand. Like not only are you having kind of hateful remarks, you also have no solution to your hateful remarks. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's also no, like go play co-ed sports. No, they're just collateral like, what? damage. Go play co-ed sports. What are you talking about? Yeah. What? Everyone play male sports. Do you realize how biased that is just by saying that? Go play male sports. You are saying that every dude is better at sports. Like that's just, just what you're saying is a sexist remark. Mm -hmm. And you're and and you don't even know that you're actually disrespecting your daughter. You're disrespecting your mother. Mm -hmm. You're disrespecting anyone in your family who is a woman who plays sports by saying it. And I want to unpack something a little bit because there was one argument that I actually thought was interesting here, which was that it's not okay for transgender women to compete against women in in sports because women who are biologically women have to deal with menstruation and transgender women don't. And the quote was, that hampers female athletes. There you go. So I want to point something out here because it, it's an interesting argument because it is... I'm not gonna, I would not use the word hampers, but it is an extra thing that women have to think about that men don't have to think about. Like, did I put a lot of thought energy toward this on my black belt test and my second degree black belt test, which both had unfortunate timing because, and and it was something else that I had to deal with that none of the men that I was competing with had to deal with? Yes. Was that a pain in my ass? Yes. Did it make it harder for me than it did for them? Yes. Did I pass and kick ass? Yes. So I just think like it's it's a reality, but I don't I don't think that it's I think it's a misplaced argument. I think that 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 argument's place is somewhere more along the lines of you know acknowledging work and energy and sweat equity that goes into something. And I'm not sure that, that that should be an argument that's used to keep other people out, if that makes sense. I don't know. I, I would love to hear other people's opinions about this. Just not on like a political floor. Like when people are yelling and getting angry, like I, I, and don't just say, I'm protecting my daughter from this. Don't just say that. And I want, I haven't seen it yet. Someone say something like that you're saying to somebody yet. I want someone to actually make a point and say, well, what you're saying is kind of inherently sexist. What's your response to that? Like, and explain why it's sexist. 
You know, I, if I didn't move out to California, if I would have stayed in Ohio, I'm telling you right now, I've been in California for 15 years, but if I would have stayed in Ohio, I would have thought like that. I guarantee it. And I'm not disrespecting everyone in Ohio. I got good friends there. I got good family there. But I'm just saying you need to expose yourself to different people and different walks of life than what you're just used to. And that goes for people who live in California too. If you just live in California in your life and you don't know anything about the Midwest, well, don't speak up about it until you live there or until you spend some time or you actually make an effort. Like you say, like when you travel internationally, make an effort. I would have gotten sucked into this. I guarantee it. So I think they need need someone to actually articulate to them and not argue on a political forum. There needs to be someone sitting down and having just a conversation with them. And I want to see if they still think that way. Because I really, I don't know how you could. But I don't think these people have actually been told and said it as well as you have to them. So I'd like to see that. All right. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Like get on a podcast and just hang out with someone who's transgender and let them explain it to you. Because I haven't seen that yet. I've just seen statements and then statements. I want to see a one-on-one. Give me the most right-wing person and give me the the most famous transgender person and have them sit down in a room and make a show. I'm listening to it, <laughs> you know? So I, If you think that there wouldn't be yelling on that, well, the, that would be great. an intelligent discussion. What I'm, great conversation I, I doesn't have yelling? Idealistic. Um, more of this, uh, more political news. Democrats introduce equal pay legislation for U.S. national team athletes, Holly. So a group of Democratic female members of Congress on Thursday introduced a bill that would guarantee equal pay between U.S. national team athletes and personnel, regardless of gender. So, I mean, this just feels like another step in the right direction, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, our national Congress people are making the move to, to legislate this at a federal level and put it into law. Um, and it's only good things for everybody because if we're leveling salaries for our sports teams, that's just one step closer to a, a national equal pay law. Yes. And we've got an anniversary today, Holly. Yes. 48th anniversary of Title IX. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Maybe the most important piece of legislation in my life. Why? Because I think between Title IX and Roe v. Wade, those are the two most important laws for systemically improving women's quality of life in America that that I benefit from all the time. Well said. Okay. Want to talk fantasy? Let's talk fantasy. Okay. All right. Last week, we had some bold predictions. We have bold predictions every week. Holly, how did your bold prediction go? Mm, not well. Incomplete? Incomplete. <laughs> Got some no shows here. Well, who, what was your prediction? My prediction was that that in in the showdown between uh, the Lloyd v. Morgan showdown, that that Lloyd would outscore Morgan. Well, that's incomplete because Lloyd wasn't on the field. Right. So I, you never know. Because why? Well, we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. I, that enrages me. Um, I was a little off. I said Shea Groom of the Houston Dash finishes as a top five attacker slash midfielder uh, last week. Uh, not so much. She only had six points. I really thought she'd be contributing more than she is at this point um, in the season. Like, I think she's a real opportunity when the Olympics come around and the Dash lose some people, you know, to be the leader of this team. And But I just, Houston struggles and they're so dependent on their two stars, Mewis and Daly. I don't know if, that she's a leader. I, I think that... I, I was hoping. I, I was hoping. Agreed. But I think that maybe she's shown that she's someone who, who like catches... She's someone who catches fire when there's someone else to light the match. Yeah, which yeah. sucks because we've seen, like we were going to talk about Sydney LaRue, who's who's kind of become the leader of Orlando. And and I was just, I, I see Shea Groom. I see so much fire. Like she's the most, in, one of the most intense players in the league. She's picking fights with goalies. And she's, I mean, she's not the most, you know, physically imposing, let's say, person on the field, but she does not effing matter like you don't mess with her and she'll get in your face that's why i I love watching her play so i'm hoping she grows and she's young still so maybe she'll grow into a leader but houston's so dependent on mewis and daily so they really struggle when they're out there um some injury updates i don't really have much except for just keep an eye on Paige monahan she had a really weird non-contact injury uh to her leg uh when gotham was playing last week and it was funky she just kind of fell and I haven't heard much of it, which I'm just going to get into it now. I was going to save it for Jared's gripes, but I'm doing it now. because it's, it's timely. Fun. Yeah. Injury news needs to be more clear, Holly. 
you can't just have a star like Jess McDonald this past week or Carly Lloyd to be off the entire roster without an explanation. So when, let's say, The Courage, for example, releases their starting nine 20 minutes before the game on Twitter, great. I can look at that and figure out my fantasy starters. But, oh, look, I have Jess McDonald on my team. She's not even a sub. No explanation, not questionable, not just resting her for game two. Now as a fantasy owner, I am freaking out thinking they're out for the whole week. Do I drop them? Do do I trade them right now in the next 15 minutes? What's going on? Oh, no, we're just resting them. There has to be in this league an official injury report on an official capacity. Like, hey, week six starts on Friday. Everyone has to release their first injury news on Wednesday, the next one on Thursday. If you're questionable, if you're probable, needs to be released. There's too much secrecy in this league of salaries and team budget and injury. And if you want fantasy leagues and fans in the whole sport to thrive, you need to make things more public. You you cannot just say... Someone's out 20 minutes before the game. One well, of the best players in the league. Well, the NWSL just clearly doesn't have the infrastructure. And they need to invest in the infrastructure. Is it that hard? This. To just make a rule? Say, a rule. But then who's going to publicize Every it? There has Monday. to be a person that's running the website that puts that actually hits the button that's to publicize really hard. that information. I, I see the NWSL social. They're all over it. They're, they're, they're tweeting every two hours. You're telling me that you couldn't make a rule saying every Monday you have to release your injury report? and a follow-up on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then they social it out. You know how easy that is? It's bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> I'm angry about it. All right. God. Okay, Holly. Okay. Streamers. Streamers of the week. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you loved that one. <laughs> yeah, I did. I almost hit it twice, but I'm not going to. So our streamers of the week. So if you're new to fantasy, streamers are... Someone you can pick up for the good one-off. The matchup is good this week. So we do defensive streamers of the week, goalies and defenders to pick up. Holly, who's your defender or goalie to pick up this week? I think if you have Betos available in your league, I would pick her up this week as the goalie for Racing Louisville because they've got the Red Stars this weekend. And although the Red Stars... Probably, you know, starting offense, first-team offense is going to be back. They were somewhere else uh, midweek not being played by their coach inexplicably. But I still think that because of the coaching choices there, that they're not going to be totally locked in and dialed. And I think that even if, you know, Watt and Pew get some shots off on goal, that Betos is going to be there to stop it. So I think she's going to have a good game against the Red Stars. Caveat here, what I am assuming is that if you pick up Betos, you're going to drop someone in this double week that has not played yet and that you're only going to get Betos' points from the second game because you can't retroactively get her points from the game that she had against uh, the Courage. So if that's not the rule in your league, then obviously this doesn't apply to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just you know check with your commish, see what the rule is, go from there. All right. Um, Betos is, that is a good call though. Like, she could be streaky, but I think the matchup might be good. So. I don't think she's streaky. I think she's very really? consistent. Really? Yes. I mean, she's about to break her own record for most saves in a year, and we're like, a, what, a third of the way into the season? I guess, her, yeah, her, that's a good point, because I always look at goalies for clean sheets. I'm always like, oh, they didn't get the clean sheet. They didn't get the clean, and she always struggles, like, you know, Carolina just put two on her. She might not rack and, up the clean sheet, but yeah, she will rack up a ton of saves I, and get you a bunch of points that that's way. That's what I'm saying. It props to you for bringing that up because I always associate if you're not putting up zeros, you're not putting up anything. So um, that's that's for the really elite goal, like teams like French. If she's giving up a goal, you're really not getting anything. So that's a good point. All right. Who's your uh, streamer of the week? Another, I got a goalie, Aubrey Bledsoe for Washington. Kansas City just can't score. I mean, they put up one goal this week, but they really struggle. Three goals in seven games. I mean, that's, that's not good. Like, what is that, 0.4 goals a game? The Washington defense isn't as good as it was last year. Last year, they really slammed the door during the Challenge Cup on people, but they're okay. It, six goals in six games. Like, that's one goal a game. They're okay. But if you need a spot start for a goalie that could give you two-game value in a single game, I really think it's Bledsoe. Because I think in the few opportunities that Rodriguez gets or Larroquette gets, that you know, it, she could come away with a game where it's four saves and a clean sheet. And for me, that's 
that's solid for a goalie. Give me that every week. So that's that for me. Let's go to the waivers. All right. Wire. You got to love that. I love it. Right? You want to hear it again? Yes. Wire. Okay. As our cat stretches, producing a bad show. Holly, waiver wire ads this week. Who you got? And do they have short-term or long-term value? That's right. Well, I, I, I've been hyping this player up all season, and they're finally here. And so I'm going to say if if Jennifer Marajan is available in your league, that you should pick her up. She plays for the rain. Uh, she's been kind of rotating between a center mid and a nine and a false nine. She goes back and forth between that center attacking and that center midfield position, you know, and I, she's getting tons of time. She's going to play a ton. All signs point to her playing, you know, full games for the team for the rest of the season. In her last two games, you know, two games ago, she had four key passes, uh, two tackles, two shots, one shot on goal. This last game, she had five key passes. She did get a yellow card, um, but I think this is going to be a you know definitely a midterm value person. She's going to be a solid contributor and could have weeks where she breaks out and scores. And you have her. And I have her. Speaking from experience, yes. I technically got beat by Marizon this week. You did. You could pick any player for your roster. I got beat by them. Mine is a defender Caprice Didasco. Last two games for Gotham, one goal, one assist, one shot on goal, six key passes, six tackles. I think there's some mid-term value. I don't think she's a short or a long-term. I would lean more long right now, like a stash, because I think as soon as these Olympians break, she, I mean, there's a really big value. We're seeing a lot of, we're seeing a few defenders kind of creep up and show their value offensively, um, and she's one of them. And hell of a goal in Gotham's last game. So Didasco is my pickup. All right. So we are in the middle of a crazy double week. Last time, last time we had that double week, it's it gets crazy because you kind of start to chase as an owner. You kind of like who's got two games this week, and sometimes we overvalue if they have two games because they end up just not playing twice anyway. But so let's just have a partial recap. If you're coming in, there's already been three games this week. The uh, OL Rain beat Chicago, blanked them two to nothing. Orlando beat KC three to one, and North Carolina beat Louisville two to nothing. Big standouts in the rain against Chicago: Shirley Cruz goal, Bethany Balser goal, Sofia Huerta goal, Buhati clean sheet, Marazan like you said five key passes. Lace Omer comes in for like twenty minutes, shot on goal, two shots, and I gotta say, Huerta back to Huerta. She was picked in round 10 mm -hmm. in our draft. Yeah. And I think we're going to talk about it. I think there's some, in all the three of these games, there were some steals of the draft. She might have been the steal of the draft. But what, what was your what were your thoughts on the rain? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. She she ran that game. I think she was so key to that game. And, and she was, you know, setting up everyone else on the team. She was always there, you know, in the middle of a passing sequence. She was feeding people forward. She was taking shots on her own. And, and she was just, she was excellent in this game. I think that, you know, the, the stat, she doesn't necessarily tell the story of how much she dominated this game and what a key part of the offense she was, whether it was feeding Les Omer or, you know, working with Rapino or, you know, whatever it was. Um, I just think that she's, she really showed her value as a uh, integral part of a consistently productive offense to Orlando three to one big game for Sydney LaRue two goals and Marta some people picked Marta up off the waiver wire this past week and then didn't use her <laughs> whoops well it's really soccer gets really tricky with this I'm stopping right here because I picked up Marta but then once I saw she wasn't starting for the first time in a long time for Orlando and they had, you know, no Morgan, no Marta. I was like, I don't think she's going to get in this game. It just felt like a, we're resting everybody except for LaRue. And I was dead wrong. She came in the second half and scored a goal. It was great. Um, then you've got, uh, is it Lara K? Lara Kett? It's Lara Kett, right? For Kansas City? Lara yeah. Kett. She, oh, that was a scrappy game. She was getting into it with everybody on Orlando. Watch the highlights. She was getting into it. Um, the, and he had uh, two assists from Peterson, another yay for, for Jared, and Jan's daughter. Woo, glad uh, and, you this week. And then Silva. Uh, but Lou, LaRue, she was a six-round pick in our draft. Maybe the steal the, steal the draft or Corniak. 
who was in round eight, Alex Morgan, round four. I think those are all steals. We'll go back through it. But yeah, what'd you everybody think got those them at a discount for sure. Thoughts on this game? I mean, LaRue's on fire. Maybe yeah. the best offensive player in the league right now. Like at this moment, hottest, hottest, hottest. I'll give you hottest. Yeah. She's on fire. And if you've got her, like, man. Yeah, I, you should be playing her every week. No doubt. She's got a great game. And then Carolina, 2 nothing over Louisville. You had the double, Lynn Williams, also on Jared's roster. Lynn Williams getting the two goals. And then uh, Mewis and Pickett with the assist. That was it. They dominated this game. I thought maybe they put up a third. They had some opportunities. I thought maybe they put up three or four. Uh, did you have any thoughts on this game? Or just, you know, North Carolina getting <laughs> taking care of biz? I'm glad to see Sam Mewis in the attacking mid position because that means that I can hold on to her as a fantasy player because she'll actually score some points for me. So, of all, do you think the steal of the draft is in was in one of those three games? Because I think that they were. Like, looking at it, you could really base it yeah. off of a lot of... I honestly think you look at where it's around 10, Corniak 8, Morgan 4. I'm still saying it's Alex Morgan. Because you're looking at, to me, still, mm -hmm. when she's just automatic to score a goal every game when she plays in. That's priceless. And you're telling me that that dropped into round four in a four-team league. You know, that that to me is still priceless than someone like Huerta, who I think is actually, it could be LaRue, though. Yeah, I would say that LaRue person's there, six. but I don't know who it is yet. Yeah, LaRue, I, I think might is be LaRue. super consistent now and is might. not leaving for, for uh, the Olympic break. So now You've got me thinking LaRue. Yeah. Can I change my mind? No. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right, Holly. We're going to play a little game. All right. We do that best on, on the show. Because you love a good game. Who doesn't? Well, everyone, welcome to Club Who Am I? All right. This line's pretty long. I'm on the list. It's okay. Oh, is it? Yes. Uh, let me check your ID. Okay, cool. I'm with her, though. No, you can't go in. Okay. I'll see you later. Can you get me a beer? What? A beer! Jan's daughter? What? Your voice this club's popping. Uh, <laughs> back to the show. Welcome to Club Who Am I? Holly? Yes. I'm going to let you go first. All right. Who is your first Who Am I? Okay. Well, we've been talking about Huerta. This person... What? What happened? The, the, the nice, uh, she came back one more time. Okay. The voice echoes yeah. in the night. The goals score during the game. We've been talking about Huerta. <laughs> okay. This person also played with Huerta at Santa Clara and on the Chicago Red Stars. Do you want me to read the whole thing or are you going to guess as we go along? No, read the whole thing, damn it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> but like, keep doing this. She <laughs> is number eight. She was the U.S. Soccer Female Player of the Year in 2017 and 2019. And for the U.S. Women's National Team, she scored 20 goals in 110 caps. What? Currently plays for Chicago? You said played in Chicago with Puerta. I did. I hate this, these obscure <laughs> answers. This club sucks. <laughs> it's a dry club. Sorry. <laughs> You'll have to infer something. That's pretty good. Uh, could you repeat, just quickly, rapid fire that. Pl played with Huerta in at Chicago? Santa Clara. Uh, at, and Chicago. And Ch so did is past tense. This is, this is I can't get any clear I answers. can neither confirm nor deny that. Number eight has a bunch of caps, currently still playing in the league. I'm terrible. Oh, okay. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try this. I don't know if I'm gonna like this. Julie Ertz. Yes. Yes. Yay, pudding. Woo! Give me a shot. Woo! Give me a shot. Okay, Holly. This club's popping. Okay, back to club. Who am I, Holly? All right. I currently lead the league in assists with three. I'm tied for second in assists slash goals with four. I wasn't drafted in our league of record. And my team has not lost this year. Who am I? Welcome to the club. 
Wait, okay. W- wasn't drafted in our league. Was not drafted. It does. Leads the league in assists plus goals. No, it's tied for tied second. Tied for second yes. in assists plus goals. and Leads the league in assists. Leads the league in assists. Who? An undefeated team. Am I? The best club I've ever been to. But an undefeated team. This team has not lost this year. Who am I? I mean, the only team that I think hasn't lost is Orlando. But everyone in their front line was drafted. Who am I? Holly, we need an answer. Okay. Has Pussy. Well, we're not going to get one. Portland, did they? It's tough. Lose? Play at home. Play along. Who wasn't drafted out of that team? I'm. This is great. I this makes. It's a good audio medium. No. <laughs> you have any flat out guess? Just guess a name. Uh, I don't know. That's a good guess. Yeah. LaRue. Courtney Peterson. What? Oh yeah. Your voice echoes, echoes in the night. <laughs> well, at uh, least I knew it was on Orlando. Courtney Peterson. All right. Uh, if you've got her now, that's a right out the year. Like she is just intense. She's great. She's really fun to watch. True. Glad I have her now. So who you got? All right, hold on. I'm gonna find where I, where I write this down. All right. How about two shots? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I am on the Welsh national team. In addition to playing with the NWSL. And in fact, I am the most capped person on the Welsh national team. I'm so great at being on the Welsh national team that I was awarded MBE, which is the most excellent order of the British Empire. It's not quite like being a getting... grand dame or a knight, but it's an award. Oh, I was going to joke. Like that's knighted or something. Yeah, it's like that, but not quite. Okay. Uh, for my services to football and the LGBTQ community, I have appeared with Becky Sauerbrunn in an Adidas ad, and I have been with the OL Reign since their inaugural season in 2013. Oh, it's a good one. Um, not Ziara King, not Megan Rapino, not Marazon, not Lace Mare, not Balser. Well, I almost want to say someone like that. I don't know if you said they're Belgium, Belgian. Sorry, Belgian. Welsh. Welsh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry to all the Welsh peeps. Uh, man, I don't get any other clues in that. Nope. Um, uh, that's terrible. It's got to be someone who's been on. Oh, you know what? I think they got the most ended. Oh. Uh, sh- all right. Here's another hint. Shit. I got it. Maybe. In 99 caps, I've scored 24 goals. Yeah. I, I, I actually see the face, but I can't now. See, this is when the pressure's on. Do they have an do, F in their do, name? Do, do, yes. See, do, I, do, I can't do, think. Do, Didn't they score do, last week? Do, do, yeah, see? Yes. Yeah, they have a great haircut. Do, do, uh-huh. I completely am spacing on the name. Jess Fishlock. Yeah, Fishlock. God damn it. Fishlock. I love Fishlock. Your voice yeah. Another super fun player to watch. Fishlock? Oh, yeah. All right, Club Who Am I? Bring it home. Holly, last one. All right. I was ranked in the top 10 of your consensus draft rankings. Oh, boy. But I'm the only player in the top 10 without a goal. I also have zero shots on goal. I've only scored double-digit fantasy points once this season. Holly, who am I? Oh, boy. In our top 10. I'm going to say that that might have been... This DJ's great. Yeah, there you go. Defenders have scored more than... Thanks for... Ah. Defenders have scored more uh, than... uh, That were in our top 10 and scored double-digit points more than once, even though they didn't score goals. I think maybe there was a goalie that didn't score a goal. Well, I'm saying these are only offensive. Oh, they're only offensive. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. So in our top 10, the offensive fantasy picks... 
Who hasn't scored? I am timing you. I probably drafted them. <laughs> Here we go. Um, Who you got? Let's get out of here. This club's lame. Did Jess McDonald score? Are you can't saying remember. that's your answer? I'm guessing Jess McDonald. That is incorrect. Okay. She just had a very intense goal this past week. Oh, that's right. That's um, right. She was screaming her face off. The answer is Carly Lloyd. Oh, boy. Was our, looking at our, back at our consensus rankings, which averages our two rankings, she was number eight. Mm. So you had Dabinia, Jess McDonald, Rachel Daly, Ashlyn Harris, Trinity Robin, Christy Mewis, Christine Sinclair, Carly Lloyd, Lynn Williams, and Lindsay Moran. They've all scored at least two goals, okay. I believe. But when's she going to get up to Schneid? I don't know. Why is she not playing? I don't know. Or Midge Purse. Exactly. Which is why Gotham. we need more transparency. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Oh, that club is great. I'm ready to. Remember that? That was great. Let's get some Gatorade. Take a shower Let's after that uh, terrible night at the club. So there's something that the league, we, we kind of wish they did more. You're watching a game and you're not familiar. You're, you're kind of familiar with the national team players, whether they're United States or Canada or France or Germany or Brazil, some of the bigger name players. But they're going through and they're watching. I'm watching a game and sometimes I go, I wish they would just go through the roster and say like where they came from, where they went to school, you know, where they got drafted, what's their history. You just, I just don't know anything about these players, and there's not enough personal bios that they do on these players. Like, you know, unless you really go hunt it down, you could find something. So, Holly, yes, we're going to start uh, this from week to week. It's going to be the getting to know you segment. So, Holly, who are you getting to know this week? I am getting to know Sofia Huerta because I have her on the brain after watching that amazing game this week. Sofia Huerta is a 28-year-old uh, offensive player for the OL Reign. She's from Boise, Ohio. Ohio. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm from. I'm. I'm <laughs> You're from Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Okay. No. She's from, I don't want to go there ever. She's from. <laughs> she's from Boise, Idaho. <laughs> and while she was in Idaho in high school, she was the Gatorade Player of the Year twice. She also swam, played basketball, and ran some hurdles, which I'm impressed with because I did that in high school, and it's hard. She played for Santa Clara. Uh, she was a four-year starter for the Broncos, 47 goals in 81 appearances. And she was drafted in 2015, 11th overall by the Red Stars, and was a Rookie of the Year finalist. Throughout her NWSL career, she was on loan to Adelaide United in Australia, where she was the League Player of the Year. And after playing for the Red Stars for three years, she um, went to the Dash, she was traded there, uh, asked for that trade. And so this gets, a, this gets a little bit interesting. When she was younger, she also played for the Mexican national team, one time even playing with a broken elbow in the under-20 World Cup in, in 2012, which I thought was very um, impressive. Also, that because she, yeah, right? It's just like, she scored. recover from that. She went and scored three of Mexico's seven goals for that series as well. Um, but she, she asked to be switched to play for the U.S. national team in 2017, and she had seven caps for them. She was told by um, Jill Ellis, Ellis yes, uh, that she wanted to play her at outside back and she should get more NWSL experience at that. And so she asked to be traded to the Dash so that she could get more experience as an outside back there. Um, didn't work out. They wanted her as an offensive player. Um, throughout this time, she also went back to Australia, played for Sydney FC where she was an outside back. Uh, now with the coaching change, who knows if uh, Vladko would be at all interested in in playing her as an outside back or as an offensive player. But I think she's great offensively for the OL Reign. Um, another thing that I thought was really interesting about her is that she credits her dad, Mauricio, with teaching her about risk taking. And she feels that um, if she hadn't taken the risks to move to the Reign, she ultimately wouldn't, and or to move to the Dash, she ultimately wouldn't uh, have ended up at the Reign. Maybe she would have stayed in Chicago. And and also moving to the Dash, she felt like she did everything she could to maximize her chances. So I, I think props to her, and it was an interesting interesting exercise to, to learn about her bio a little bit. Nicely done. And looking at what she's done this year... Three points, seven points, six points, nine points, four points. And then this week is going to blow up a little bit. Yeah. 
So she hasn't been in double digits until this week. It's going to happen. It looks like I, th- I believe. Well, I just think it's going to be one of those like our, our original theory about like you choose the people on the teams that make the offensive chances. Like the offensive weapons for the OL reign, there just weren't a critical mass of them until now. Now they've got Marjan, they've got Le Sommer, you know, Rupina will be in and out. Um, and that's a huge deal. But we'll see, we'll see more opportunities being created for all of the players because she was definitely clicking with all of them in this last game when, when they had all of those people to, to really create chances. And, and it, it, it gives her a platform to showcase more of what she can do. And she was, she was starting, where did she start the last game? Right, uh, right forward. It's a busy spot for that team, I feel like. Or maybe one she could own, though. Yeah, she definitely owned it. And she was, you know, feeding and, and, and vibing with, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, German national team players, French national team players, yeah. American national team players. So really holding her own there at that level. Sweet. Yeah. Well done. It was fun to watch. I didn't know she was even with the Red Stars. That's how much I knew. Like, I just didn't know she was there. So thanks for telling me. All right. I've got Taylor Korniak. Excellent. Born Let's November 22nd, 1998. That's a real thing. In Troy, Michigan. Grew up in Henderson, Nevada. Went to Colorado. Cool. University I was starting college I when know. she was being born. Yeah, I was riding mopeds. Not, you know, it's a little bit, still up there. Um, Henderson, Nevada is where she spent most of her time growing up. Went to Colorado, University of Colorado, Boulder. Majored in integ- integrative physiology was her major. During her freshman season, she scored 11 goals for the Buffs in 22 matches, earning... Uh, Pac-12 freshman of the year. Her mother, Kristen, played professional volleyball in Europe. So that's cool. Uh, Korniak put it in an outstanding senior year for the Buffs, helping them take uh, the second round of the NCAA tournament. She finished the year with a career-high 12 goals, 6 assists, and she ranked 7th in the NCAA with 5 shots per game. She also became the first player in history of the school to surpass 100 career points, passing Nikki Marshall uh, as uh, Colorado's all-time points leader. She left Colorado as a all-time points leader, uh, and assist, 102 and 24. She represented the United States in the under-18, under-19, and under-20 levels. In 2016, she served as the uh, team captain for the under-18 side. During the 2019 college offseason, she joined the UWS club, LA Galaxy, making two appearances as the team won the national championship. And in on, of course, January of 2020, she was selected with the third overall pick by the Orlando Pride, who traded up to get her. Um, uh, she became the highest draft selection in Pride history. And in February 2020, she signed a one-year deal, of course, with the uh, pandemic. Last year was a wash with them getting booted, too, so they weren't allowed to play. So in September of 2020, she joined the German Bundesliga Club MSV Duisburg. Did I pronounce that right? Because you know some German. D-U-I-S-B-U-R-G. Duisburg. 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 Uh, on loan for the rest of the year. She made her debut in September 2020 with uh, uh, starting in a 2 nothing defeat of Bayer Lech- Levers. I can't do it. Leverkusen. <laughs> um, and then she made her DFB Pokal Frun debut. I'm so botching that. In a second round match against uh, third tier team Borussia Bocholt. <laughs> I love that you picked uh, someone where you have to pronounce all this I like German it too. In, in their backstory. Uh, she did receive a straight red card for serious foul play in the 38th minute and later handed a four game ban. So I never saw this uh, red card. But, um, uh, but she scored her first goal in November of that year uh, in the league. Some fun facts. She's the tallest player in NWSL history from what I could find at 6'1", beating Sam Mewis, who is six foot. It still is six foot. Um, she's averaging 11 fantasy points this season per game. And she has she's turned it up 14 shots in her last four games. So if you're lucky enough to have stolen her uh, as she was stolen late in our draft, uh, you're probably loving that because a consistent 11 points per week in fantasy, you really, 
That's what you want. Because if you get 11 points from all your players, you're probably in contention to get that W from week to week. That's right on that borderline. Yep. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. So she's been delivering, and she's exceeded expectations. So that's great. So who else is going to exceed expectations this week, Holly? Who do we got? Week six bold predictions. So I don't know if it's exceeding expectations, but my bold prediction is that the Thorns are going to avenge their last meeting with the Courage. I read that they haven't met the Courage since 2019, and they got rolled in a 6-0 loss. And I'm picking Thorns 2-1 over the Courage this week. I'm looking up their matchup history. But I think it's just going to take too long. Yeah. They really haven't what played What is this in so years. you can correct me on air? No, I'm just You so had ample opportunity in our pre-production meeting to do that. Well, well said. Oh, well okay, said. Jared, just, just <laughs> Maybe I'll redo the points from this past oh, week God. too. Yeah, you did that and didn't work out for you. <laughs> Thank you. I had to reboost my ego. Back to the club? No? Here we go. Okay, thanks Megan. Um so uh, my uh, bold prediction is that um, uh, Rodman, Hatch, and Sanchez all get points this week. It's either a goal or an assist. They play Louisville. Super Saturday is what we're calling it. I think they all three get on the board. I hope so. Hell, I got Rodman and Sanchez. You do. And I got, right. I got the Hatch attack. You hate it. You don't like my hatch enthusiasm. I also don't like the fact that you work the phrase hatch attack into every single what would you like one of our, our podcasts. Listeners, send us nicknames for Ashley Hatch. Should it be like, you know, like she's hatched? No? No. Like she, she really broke out of her shell this week? Oh, boy. A-H, like, ah. Dad jokes. How about just, ah. Yeah, if you if you put that facial expression on it, it's better <laughs> than the first time you said it. Yeah, there you go. You don't like the I like the nicknames. Hatch. Hatch it up. Do it up. I'm getting the worst looks right now. This is the part where she I wants just me. stop talking. She wants me to end the show. I have no words. I'm not gonna end the show. It's time to end the show. Best thing I did today was tell Holly not to eat carrots on the air. That was a good show. Long one. Longest show of the year. But it was it was needed. We had some serious freaking topics. You can't just jump right into fantasy and just ignore what's happening in life. I'm glad we talk about that. Oh, good. <laughs> Sometimes I hate you. <laughs> I know. You're really looking for me to cheer you along, and at, I just don't. At the end of every show, this is what happens, everyone listening. She, she, just, she just stares at me. And it's like, Jared, in the freaking show. Wrap it up, B. I know. I just want to talk soccer all day. But our producer is tired. I want to order tacos. We are tired. <laughs> Enjoy the Super Saturday. Uh, I want to run through the slate with for the peeps real quick. Saturday, Red Stars against Racing Louisville. OL Reign versus Gotham. Courage versus Thorns. Dash versus Pride. The Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas Cities versus the Spirit. We got some overlapping games. But it all starts at 2 o'clock Eastern, 11 o'clock Pacific on Paramount+. Plus. Watch it. It's going to be a great weekend. Good luck to your fantasy team. Win some games. Later. Bye. No, I made a Washington Spirit fruit pizza.